Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. Asia Town Voice is an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans' community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. My name is Yin Tang, and my host's name is The Bossy Lady. And uh, DJ Lexicon is not actually in this studio with us today, um, but Johnny Wu, the ghost host, is floating around somewhere. <laughs> oh, there he is! He's uh, uh, come out of the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest today is Mr. Yu Min Yin, and he is the principal of the Wesley Chinese School. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm ha- glad to come here. Thank Wonderful. You. So the drive wasn't too bad, right? It's not too bad. Okay. And um, how has your summer been? It's It has been great. We, uh, like, personally, we had, uh, like, a couple of, like, family trip to, to the West Coast and also to the East Coast. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, we enjoyed the... Uh, summer cool summer <laughs> that's good that's good because the children are don't have school so summer is obviously the best time to travel um yeah. so what you're the principal of the Westlake chinese school can you give us a little bit of history when was this chinese school founded and where does it um take place exactly okay uh Westlake chinese school the official name is Westlake chinese cultural association mm-hmm. it was uh started as a home school by mm-hmm. uh, uh parents from taiwan Mm-hmm. So uh, it started in the 80s and uh, like officially become a school like in 1987 wow. and uh, incorporated as a non-profit organization in uh, 1998. Mm-hmm. So we have a long history and uh, it, the, the school is very diversified. It started as like uh, Chinese parents from uh, Taiwan. They wanted their uh, children to study Chinese language and the culture mm-hmm. and uh, they um the uh principal of the school like the uh former principals they had like very open minded mm-hmm. they uh um uh accept uh, like children from mainland china from other parts of uh, like china with uh, chinese heritage and also we have we very unique have like uh uh like adopt the Chinese children from adopt uh, American mm-hmm. family, and mm-hmm. also we have like um, not just children, adults like just without any Chinese background, they oh, come yeah. to our school to uh, to uh, get uh, because they are interested in Chinese culture. So these are non-Asian students. Yeah, we have non-Asian students. So, and you, so you put do you put them in the same class as the uh, Asian students, uh, or with the background, or do you have like a uh, Chinese as a second language class? Yeah, we have like for the Chinese class, we have two different groups. One uh, group is for we call that like Chinese class, mm-hmm. Chinese language class. It's okay. for the Chinese children. Uh, with the uh, Chinese background, mm-hmm. like either one or two of their parents speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. And we also have uh, another group. It's designed for uh, like non-Asian or even like Asian kids if their parents do not speak Chinese, like uh. those adopted children. We call that a Chinese culture class. Okay. So we have two groups of uh, like Chinese classes. And how many students do you have right now at the school? Right now we have 140 
counting like the children students and also adult students. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now, do you have open enrollment all year round, or is it uh, just enrollment for late summer and fall? Uh, we have open enrollment uh, all year around, but most of our students come to our school at the uh, beginning of the uh, semester of the uh, of the school year, which is early uh, September. Okay, I do remember seeing you on August fifth at the uh, Mayor's Night Out at the Steelyard Commons. Yeah. With the Westlake Chinese School. Yeah. Do you often does the uh, Westlake Chinese Culture Club often participate in these kind of events around downtown Cleveland? Yes, like the most uh, dominant one is the uh, Asian Festival. Yay! We go there every year with yeah. our uh, like a very diversified like. Uh, students and we have like Chinese dance, mm -hmm. Kung Fu, Tai Chi and uh, other like uh, uh, like arts and show to, to show our students talent. And I think that the parents are also very involved as well. Um, I remember, I don't remember if it was this year, or, but in previous years, I know the mothers were doing kind of like a, a belly dance as well at the Cleveland Public Library yes. for the Lunar New Year. Yes, we have like very dedicated uh, dancing teacher Debbie Liu. Mm -hmm. She is uh, not just uh, teaching the students, and she is also uh, getting the parents and the gra even grandparents like involved mm -hmm. with like uh, with performance. She's always smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and in recent years, our program really uh, like expanded. Mm -hmm. Like we uh, have like three dance classes mm -hmm. like from a different age group like mm -hmm. uh, three different age group and we also have taiji class for the for the adults we have like multiple like sports uh, like um, table tennis badminton and uh, like we have martial arts that's wonderful yeah i actually it's been a long time since i played badminton <laughs> do you play yes we <laughs> uh, um we have like uh, like our group is uh, like uh, uh, is very unique. We even though it's designed for our parents, we also have an open policy. Invite like uh, players from other group to come to our school so they can like uh, do some contest and also that get the message out like how great our school is. Yeah. And also we want uh, we also always want our organization to be open to public. That's great. Now, um, I mentioned about badminton earlier. I know that I usually try to hit it like a tennis ball, so that doesn't always work, no? Yeah, it's... <laughs> you have it's, to bump yeah. it from underneath, uh -huh. right? <laughs> it's different. You get more time to respond, res respond into, mm -hmm. but st you get really... Uh, like it take like multiple rally to, to get it done, so you, yeah. you, you need... Yeah, it's different. <laughs> different. Yeah, because of the, the feathers on the... Um, do they call it a shuttlecock or do they call it a birdie? I don't remember, but the, the, the sure. feathers yeah. in the it rubber slow down, yeah. slow down the ball. So, yeah, so, so like it's <laughs> very difficult to uh, to <laughs> to get it done. Yeah. Now, do you do anything special uh, with the Chinese school um, at the Ch Chinese Culture Club in Westlake? Do you do anything for the Chinese New Year? Yes, we have uh, every year. It's a tradition for over twenty years. Every year around Chinese New Year, we have a big party to mm -hmm. get all the parents, all the 
uh, all the uh, students will perform on stage, and uh, all the parents will come. They invite their friends to come. Mm-hmm. And the recent years, we were lucky enough to get the Westlake Performance uh, Art Center oh, nice. for our as our stage. So, uh, because we have a large auditorium, we uh, are offering free tickets to like the community to come here to see our students and the parents so perform. So it's open to everybody? It's open to everybody. Wow. Because the uh, dining area is limited, so we limited mm-hmm. the uh, Chinese food like dining before the show to our members because uh, the, we have less seats in the dining area. I see. And uh, do, you, do you do games, celebrations, uh, or is it just the uh, students doing a presentation for the new year? It's uh, mostly for the students and the parents to uh, perform on stage, and uh, uh, also we. Uh, it's also an opportunity for us to show the, uh, our appreciation for our teachers, volunteers who help uh, to make our school great. Okay, now um, I know that I think it was 2012. Um, Debbie Lua did something with the Akron Confucius Institute as well. Do you guys partner with the Confucius Institutes in the area as well, the projects? Yes, we have a lot of uh, uh, like um, cooperation with the uh, Confucius Institute at the CSU. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their member lives in the West, like yeah. the West Lake. <laughs> uh, so their children come to our school and we do a lot of uh, uh, events with them. Just this summer, we uh, like worked together with CSU, uh, CI, Confucius Institute, mm-hmm. to have a, a, a summer camp at the uh, Westlake uh, Elementary School, Dover okay. School, for, for one week Wonderful. from um, early August. I see. Uh, yeah, I know that uh, Akron does one. Every year they invite me to be the dance teacher. Mm. Um, and the reason I asked about 2012 was that year I was actually in China also, um, for most of the summer, so I recommended your your yeah. dance instructor to teach for them. Uh-huh. Which that year they actually had their um, their summer camp in Lakewood, mm-hmm. uh, not yeah. Akron. So it, yeah, it we worked also, out. Yeah, we participated in that too. And also uh, um, CSU... Uh, Confucius Institute uh, also is a sponsor of our uh, like annual uh, Chinese New Year oh, uh, celebration, and um, just in this year we have our we have a student council, mm-hmm. and our students are uh, very active to mm-hmm. help our, uh, promoting our school and help we set up the student council as a stage for our students to uh, learn how the democracy and also to show uh, uh, their leadership. Mm-hmm. And they did wonderful work. They had, with the sponsorship of uh, Confucius Institute at CSU, they were able to have an art show at uh, Bay Village Senior Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they invited the uh, Majors from uh, wow. Bay Village and Westlake, and also the president of board from Westlake. So we uh, are not just learning Chinese or uh, or um, Chinese culture. We are also serving the community, mm-hmm. especially like the senior group. We mm-hmm. try to uh, make their life more interesting and uh, yeah, help them. Do you have uh, games like uh, mahjong or go? 
where they can play every weekend? Uh, or maybe they don't do it with the school. Maybe they yeah. do it, but they meet each other because of the school. Is that, yes, is that more yes, like yes. it? Yes, <laughs> I mean, because of our school, I mean, sometimes I just joke, like, our school is like the church for Chinese people. Yeah. Like, every week <laughs> they come here, they get to know each other, mm-hmm. and they really, like, they do wonderful things together, not necessarily in our school. Mm-hmm. So that kind of make their life better okay. in that way. So it definitely builds like a, a sense of community. Yes. Now, um, a, the people at your school, you said they're very diverse. Mm-hmm. Now, did it start off with people that were first generation, like back in 19, you said 87, when it was first it created as a school? It's uh, like in the 80s, it's uh, like um, most of the parents were from Taiwan in the 90s. Uh, I think it's like from the 90s, like American people starting adopting Chinese mm-hmm. like children. So they started to have a um, like a group like for adopted children. They want to learn Chinese. So they first go to the uh, Chinese school, CCCCA, at that time was in CSU. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't re- remember the exact year when CCCCA Solon Chinese uh, school moved to Solon. Oh, and I, uh, and I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, 99. In the 90, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By that time, when they moved to Solon, it's becoming difficult for those parents to go there. Most of those parents live in the west side of yeah. Cleveland. So uh, I think at that time, the principal, uh, Wang, recommended them to uh, mm-hmm. to to come to our school so that's the start of having like a um, very diverse group of uh, students and you know from what I understand there's been always been a positive relationship with the Westlake uh, Culture Club and the Solon one as well yes which is which is wonderful and actually it's funny you mentioned that the Solon one used to be in Cleveland I completely uh. forgot about that <laughs> and and actually I was wrong it was 1998 uh. when they moved to Solon <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah and we have teachers from like who is teaching in Solon uh, CCCCA and mm-hmm. also in our school we have a, a dancing teacher mm-hmm. who is teaching in Solon on Sunday and teaching in our school uh, for both Chinese and dancing on Saturday that's wonderful. Yeah, so it's like our schedule worked out really, uh, mm-hmm. really good because really weird because they have their class on Sunday, Sunday. and we have on Saturday morning. Which, you know, for uh, parents who are really, really enthusiastic about their children learning Chinese, they can send them to Westlake on Saturday yeah. and then go to school <laughs> yes. on Sunday. So. And give them an option, like, mm-hmm. uh, because every family have their, uh, have their schedule differently. Mm-hmm. So they may not be able to make it on Saturday or Sunday, but we have two different options. So that kind of helped them in that way. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, you had mentioned to me earlier that your first term as president was from 2007-2008. Yes. And then apparently you did a wonderful job. <laughs> so you're re-elected in 2012, and you've been the incumbent president for the past three years. Yes. What is the mission uh, currently for the Westlake uh, Chinese Culture Club? Okay. I, I mean, besides yeah. everything we've already talked about, uh-huh. is there anything new that you want to do? Like expand, um, get the culture out to people of Cleveland more? Yeah, we are um, 
like expanding in two ways. One is to in, uh, increase the enrollment. We have been steadily increased uh, our uh, enrollment from like uh, under 100 to 100. Right now we have like more than 140, mm -hmm. close to 150. So in that way, we increase our enrollment. And also we are expanding our programs. We used to only have like three hours from 9 to 11 on Saturday. We have Chinese class classes from uh, 11 to 12. We have different group of dances. That's all we have or had used to. Mm -hmm. And um, right now we expand to four hours wow. because we have so many uh, different uh, programs. So That's great. Yeah. So we have like 9 to 11 for Chinese classes. We have two classes, the two hours from 11 to 1 o'clock. Uh, for all the other programs mm -hmm. and uh, to make this work we uh, invited a, a local Chinese restaurant to uh, like provide Chinese food oh, nice. for our children so they don't have to be hungry for yeah. like uh, during lunch time that's wonderful so yeah. that's almost like you're helping local businesses well you are helping local businesses yeah. with the catering and everything yes that's great and we also like introduce like wonderful Chinese food to our like more diverse yeah. students yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Like Chinese students, American students, non-Asian okay. students, yeah. Now, for those of uh, the people who have never been to the Westlake Chinese Culture Club, um, or I'm sorry, is it Chinese, Chinese Culture Club or Association? Chinese, Chinese Culture uh, Association. Association, yeah. sorry. There, I, I remember in Euclid there used to be a Chinese Culture Club, so that's why my brain is kind of <laughs> getting confused. Um, what was my question? <laughs> oh, yes. Do you have a website uh, for anybody who wants to learn more about your association? Yes, you can find most of the information from our website, which is westlakechineseschool.org. Mm -hmm. So listeners out there, it's westlakechineseschool.org. Yes. And right now, uh, we're going to take a short break, and DJ Alexicon is going to play some tunes for you. And when he's done, we're going to come back and talk some more with Principal Yu Min Yin. I'm 
अब है क्या कमी यूं तो सारे सुख है बर से पर दूर तू है अपने घर से आ लौट चल तू अब दीवाने जहा कोई तो तुझे अपना माने आवाज दे तुझे बुलाने वही दे
And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Asia Town Voice. DJ Alexicon just did his corner, and we hope to see you at some of these upcoming events. You are listening to Asia Town Voice. Asia Town Voice is an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. My name is Yin Tang. I am also known as the Bossy Lady Host. And uh, Johnny Wu, the ghost host, is hanging around somewhere. Hello. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I think he's turned into like a uh, a, a troll. <laughs> <laughs> or a frog. <laughs> and we are here with our special guest, Mr. Yu Min Yin, and we are talking about the Westlake Chinese Culture Association. And uh, just to sum it up a little bit, this is a very diverse Chinese organization that was founded by Taiwanese parents in the 80s. Yeah. But before that, they were doing it as a homeschool. And they are pretty active in the Cleveland community. They participate in the Cleveland Asian Festival every year, as mm-hmm. well as the Cleveland Public Library Chinese New Year event. Yes. And Mayor's Night Out as well. And um, they share a lot of teachers with other local um, Chinese culture associations, and they're a huge part of the community. And anybody who wants more information can visit westlakechineseschool.org. So, are you doing anything with the? So, are you doing anything with the Westlake Chinese School with the upcoming Moon Festival? This year, the Moon Festival uh, is very close to the open day of our school, mm-hmm. uh, so we um, we not have uh, like school wide event, but uh, each of our class, the teacher will uh, do like activities around the uh, uh, Moon Festival. That's wonderful. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> they may uh, bring like uh, mooncake for the students. So the uh, Moon Festival this year, September eighth. It's it's very early. Yes, so. <laughs> our school starts on September sixth. So yeah, that, I agree. That's not enough time to really prepare anything. Yeah, for the past uh, years, we always have uh, like school wide like uh, activity. Well, that's wonderful for, for the. So because we have usually we have one month to prepare for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, for those listeners who are not really uh, sure why it's on a different date, the reason is because. A lot of Chinese holidays, uh, Asian holidays, in fact, still follow lunar calendar, and the lunar calendar doesn't always fall on the same day on the Gregorian calendar. And the Gregorian calendar is what we use every day. You know, that's in our smartphones and our computers. The lunar calendar is actually based off of uh, the phases of the moon, and every now and then it needs a reset. So when you kind of match it up to the calendar we use every day, uh, the holidays will fall yeah. on uh, <laughs> different days. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm going to interject here with a little side story. Um, one of the common holidays is the... Uh, so anyway, it's also commonly known as a Chinese Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. it usually falls in late July to early September. And this year, I actually fell on my birthday. That's I, great. <laughs> I, I didn't know until my sister called me. She's like, I love you. I'm like, why? She's like, because it's Chinese Valentine's Day <laughs> and yeah. your birthday. So, um, And that's the reason why uh, sometimes it's easy for those of us who have grown up in the West to forget when a Chinese holiday is coming. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for Google <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to remind us. So um, these students, do they, do they follow like a traditional um, 
Asian uh, school format where they stay with the same teacher and the teacher just uh, teaches a more complex set of curriculums as the years to come? Or do they go to a new classroom every year with a new teacher? We, uh, in our school, we have uh, like a very small class. Usually we try to keep each class to like around 12 students. Mm-hmm. And uh, in recent years, we have like more students coming. So our uh, class, like younger kids' class, are larger, but uh, we still want to keep it like under 20. If it's over, we will split the class and into okay. uh, add, or add more classes. And uh, traditionally, we just uh, have the teacher to fo- to like follow the class. Okay. So the uh, because. Uh, the students, they just come to the school once in a week. So, uh, if they have they have a connection with the teacher, they really the uh, like the teacher. They will always come. That's good. So that's <laughs> our philosophy to uh, keep the teacher with the students. I still talk to my teacher. <laughs> she lives in Solon with me. So yeah. I see her sometimes when I'm shopping. So. Yeah. And also, we are lucky to have more and more dedicated teachers because the um, uh, I think uh, like uh, Confucius Institute is doing a lot of work. They are bringing a lot of excellent teachers to America. And mm-hmm. uh, so we are lucky to have more and more professional teachers come to our school to help out. We used to like m- most of our teachers were just the parents. So we and uh, even though they I know they are very dedicated because their kids are here but uh to get like more uh professional teachers mm-hmm. really increase the like improve the, the quality of education in our school. And I think that the teaching format for language in China is evolving too. Mm. Um, I mean, there's there's new materials being developed not only for educational purposes, but as well as you know flashcards for students, which I guess is still educational. What yeah. I meant was like is educational for instructors. Like, there's a lot more materials being created yeah. for both ends. Yeah, they get more tools, and also because of the technology, they're going. There, uh, a lot of our uh, teachers are very young generation. They. Uh, they know all the new technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, our website has, it's not just for information. We have uh, like a very in- interactive section of our website, like for classes. So it also acts as a tool to communicate between the teacher and the students. We have like uh, uh, web pages for each class. The teachers can post there. Uh, post their uh, like um, teaching material, mm-hmm. or even post uh, like a video there. Like, oh yeah, to, that's great. Yeah, so <laughs> so so the students can go there to learn after the uh, even when they are not in the school. I think that's great, and likewise, um, a lot of uh, expatriates or English teachers living in China they can utilize this information as well, so they can gain a better understanding. And you know, by material, I mean uh, there's a lot of material online, not just for you know the Chinese mm. schools here in Ohio, but just all across the world as well. Yeah. And I think it's been obviously the internet's been a great uh, teaching tool for all of this. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about the Westlake Chinese Culture Association. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I mean, obviously, this isn't your day job. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, yeah. How did you get involved with the, with the Westlake Chinese Association? Uh-huh. And yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I first came to U.S. in uh, 1994 when I graduated from uh, college in Beijing. Okay. I came to Case Western Reserve University for a uh, 
a master's degree in civil engineering. Oh, wow. After graduating like January of 1997, mm-hmm. I went to Toledo for like a couple of years working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife got her uh, uh, master's degree in computer science and she, when she, at that time it's 1998, it was very easy to find a job with computer science degree. That is true. So, but we decided <laughs> to come back to Cleveland because our friends are still here. We have so many friends in Case Western because they are, were pursuing PhD. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we decided to come back to Cleveland, and uh, um, since then we have been here for like over. From the start, uh, from the first day up to U.S., I have been here for like uh, almost 20 years. Wow. And uh, we had like when our uh, daughter was like five, six years old, my wife said we need to send her to Chinese school. At that time, we didn't know there is a Westlake Chinese school. Oh. (laughs) So we went to Solon and uh, then... That's a far drive. That's a far drive. 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and then uh, it's it's like we find out that there is a school in Westlake. It worked out better for us. So yeah. <laughs> so we came came to Westlake Chinese School. And since then, like our daughter uh, really liked the school. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, r- right now my son, he's seven, he's also in the school. So... That's they wonderful. really enjoy the Chinese study and all the activities here. And uh, um, I, uh, from my graduation, I have always been a, like an engineer, mm-hmm. civil engineer. My uh, daily job is to uh, design like highway bridges. Really? So yeah. So it's also like a service for the for the community. So do you do you work for the city of Cleveland? No, I I work for a private company, but okay. our client uh, like a public agency. Oh, really? So, so uh, I don't know if you are allowed to tell us this, but are you involved or involved with the redesigning of the Cleveland bridges? Because there's a lot of construction. Yes, we are like actually right now we are designing a very interesting bridge, which is maybe a lot of people may not know. It's uh, uh it's behind. Uh, between the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the uh, Voynovich Park. Yeah, I know. So, I know that bridge. Yeah, we are we are going to build a, a very complicated pedestrian bridge. It's going to be cable stay. Wow. Uh, Two leaf bascule bridge. So it's movable bridge uh, between the Finger Pier and the park, and uh, we. I'm really busy recently because we are uh, uh, have like a submittal for the project and uh, we are very excited that um, to have the bridge is expected to be built before the 2016 uh, Republican convention yeah. national convention here so uh, we expect that to be a uh, like signature uh, a bridge on the postcard. Of, yeah. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> Did you start yet? <laughs> yeah, we we are finishing up the design. Okay. So. Okay, but I, you know, construction in any city sometimes. Well, you know, two yes. years for pedestrian yeah. bridge. I can see that it should yeah. work because I mean we can't do construction over the winter time. It's too cold. Yeah. And it can probably affect the materials. Yeah, we are trying levels. to work out the, the schedule to get it to get it done. Okay. 
Now, uh, here's kind of a personal question. <laughs> Do you know that bridge that runs from the runs 480 east and west, right, uh, right by 77? That really mm. scary bridge with a giant fall yeah, <laughs> down it, to Valley View. Is that safe? <laughs> yeah, that's safe. Like <laughs> all the bridges, when we design them, a lot of people think like, oh, is it safe? But when we design any structure, we put the safety in the first place. We try to put like uh, safety factors in. So, uh, and also uh, a, a, sign a significant bridge like that is uh, inspected every year to oh, make good. sure it's safe. <laughs> if we see structure deficiency, we will report to the um, DOT, Department of Transportation, and uh, uh, we'll take actions to make it safe. So to all those listeners who are equally as uh, apprehensive as I am to drive across that bridge, <laughs> just know that it's inspected every year. Actually, yeah. it's not even the bridge itself. It's the, it's the guardrails on the side. Yeah. It's just this simple chain link fence. And, mm -hmm. you know, the crash guards aren't very high. They probably mm -hmm. come up just to the bottom of the car window. So, I mean, what if somebody hits that and they flip over? I just, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's really yeah. terrifying. Yeah, the railings are designed to, uh, like, etch those standards. So okay. I... Yeah, with the like the all the railings are tested like for for the load for the trucks which is supposed to be on that road. Because mm. I know that uh, you know when I've been in Shanghai, mm. you know it's not a chain link fence. They actually have arches that arch inward a little bit, and mm -hmm. these heavy steel. I don't know if they're steel, but they're metal. They're they're metal rods, and it kind of curves in way to kind of yeah. take the pressure if you do hit the side you know, on these bridges. But <laughs> those are usually for the, for the, uh, it's called the vendor fence, usually for, uh, like to prevent, prevent like kids from, from climbing. Or oh. That's why it curved in. Interesting. So it's not really for, you it's know. not for taking the load. So it's, well. <laughs> yeah. Structurally, <laughs> all the all the barriers and the railings should be good enough. It doesn't have to be that tall. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was just not to get off topic a little bit, but I do mm. remember it was a couple of winters ago. There was just a freak accident, and it was a cab of a very large truck that happened to fall over the side. And ever since I heard that story, I've been mm. a little bit scared. But but you know, they said it was unlikely. It was just it, the cab yeah. just happened to roll a certain way, and it mm -hmm. doesn't. It, it's like a you know less than one percent chance for it happening. So, yeah. but anyway, I don't mean to scare anybody out there. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just a little bit extra worried, you know, despite the car I drive. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want everybody to know, like behind all the structures, there are structure engineers behind it to watch for the safety of them. Absolutely. Now, uh, what made you pick civil engineering in particular? I always like uh, uh, my my father was a teacher. I mm -hmm. always have that mindset to serve the serve the society. Mm -hmm. I think uh, as a civil engineer, we are, uh, serve the society in a way to make uh, the to build the. Uh, uh, infrastructure and mm -hmm. to make sure it's safe uh, for people to use them. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. I um, Well, I definitely feel a lot better knowing that these bridges are being <laughs> inspected quite often. Um, you know, since we're on the topic of bridges, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was the 70s or early 80s, but there was a, a bridge called Galloping Gertie, and I 
think it was in Mississippi, but this is, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's not Mississippi, but it was a bridge. And it was built in such a way that whenever the wind would blow, it would kind of undulate at a certain mm -hmm. frequency. Yeah. And it was, I mean, people drove over it anyway. It was just like dri driving over waves. But uh -huh. one day, because the wind was blowing too hard, it actually collapsed. And since then, I know in America, at least, they've installed new standards for yeah. bridge-making policies. Are you familiar with that bridge? Um, for that specific bridge, I'm not uh, very familiar. I know there is a bridge in uh, London. It's a, a, it has a frequency very close to people's like uh, walking, like pace okay. frequency. So people feel the uh, feel because of the echo uh, when you have to like a very close. Uh, if your pace is very close to the structure. Uh, frequency it will like bouncing bouncing around oh yeah <laughs> so actually in the uh, uh, I designed uh, I was involved in the bridge design in Utah for a, a, a light rail bridge mm -hmm. um, very close to Salt Lake City uh, during one uh, like during the design they want to put a pedestrian lane on the bridge, and uh, when uh, when we designed that, we checked the structure uh, frequency to make sure it's not echoing with the uh, natural uh, yeah. pace, uh, the pace frequency. So we find out the um, UTA, which is the agency, like similar to RTA, uh, need to pay a lot of money to make the bridge really heavy mm -hmm. to avoid that. So mm. in the end, we separate the uh, pedestrian bridge from the um, mm. from the highway bridge okay. just to make sure it's safe. That's fascinating. And also yeah. economical. I know that the uh, Veterans Memorial Bridge here in Cleveland, the uh, pedestrian walkway is actually underneath the main mm -hmm. driving uh, portion of the bridge. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that what you mean by uh, putting the pedestrian portion separate or did you just build another bridge altogether? Build another bridge uh, parallel to it but not connecting to it because the vehicle has a different frequency with the pedestrian frequency. And for the listeners who are not really sure about what bridge frequencies are, can you kind of explain it in like a, f a an easy to understand way? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the frequency is decided by the, uh, by the weight of the of the bridge mm -hmm. and uh, there is a very complicated formula to ca calculate <laughs> that once you uh, uh, like when we uh, use that formula to find out you can manipulate that to get a different frequency but to to avoid matching the frequency of like uh, pace of pedestrian pace mm -hmm. we have to increase the bridge weight by a lot, which uh, uh, then you have to throw in a lot of material, concrete, mm -hmm. steel. That's a lot of cost for the uh, for the agency. And I guess for, for uh, listeners out there, the way that I think about it is, you know those uh, children's bridges on the playgrounds? Mm -hmm. When you walk across it, it's going to shake, right? It's almost yeah. like a, I wouldn't say a trampoline, it doesn't bounce that much. But with lighter materials, obviously, it's going to you know yeah, bounce, bounce a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. But with heavy materials, it's yeah. not. So I, I guess that's that's what human is trying to say by frequency. Am yeah. I close? Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, did you have something you want to say that's on that paper? Yeah. Uh, 
I purchased the printout my uh, from our web website. You can find about our school mm -hmm. from uh, uh, from our website. We list our mission statement and our organization and the history in both English and the Chinese. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> my Chinese is a little bit rusty. I grew up in the States over here. So <laughs> now uh, on to our last question. And we ask this to all our listeners. Uh, what is your favorite Asian food? My favorite Asian food is that specific dish or like what kind of food? Like, well, you can, yeah, some people are very general. Some people are very specific. Okay. I like a Cantonese food, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, like uh, the my favorite uh, seafood, like shrimp. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. How does what is a Cantonese shrimp dish? I'm trying to remember. Is, oh, I know. Is it walnut shrimp? Is that one of them? I like uh, fried uh, shrimp. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, like uh, the like sautéed with yeah. the garlic and yes. the yeah, that's yes. really good. Oh, and yeah. the and the jalapeno peppers in there. So, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of kick. Now, do you know how to cook? Do you cook often or um I'm no. not a <laughs> cooker my because I got the wonderful cook at home by my <laughs> wife. So See, you yeah. know, if you said that you can cook, usually my friend who's here, DJ Alexicon, he would be like, well, can you cook for us? So <laughs> that was probably the better answer. If he finds out that you can cook, he's going to call you and ask you to, uh, <laughs> to come to his house and cook for him. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, just to sum it up, uh, this week our interview is with Principal Yuman Yin from the Westlake Chinese Culture Association. Mm -hmm. And he's been with the Chinese school since 94. Uh, from uh, 2006. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's been with, with that Westlake Chinese School since 2006. And uh, he's kind enough to come in here today and also share a little bit about his personal life. Mm. He is a bridge engineer. <laughs> so rest assured for Clevelanders, uh, all that construction you see with bridges is actually a very good thing because yeah. we have uh, quite a few wonderful engineers working for a private company who then is contracted to the city of Cleveland. Who and is, uh, uh, Ohio Department of Transportation. And all of Ohio. So not yeah. just the Clevelanders, yeah. but uh, Ohioans living everywhere. Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton, yeah. Akron. <laughs> and uh, those big uh, projects, not uh, just the, the city get involved. Uh, Ohio Department of Transportation will get involved to make sure it's safe and uh, sound. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. We are nearing the top of our hour. And to you listeners, we will catch you next week with many voices and many choices to you. Take care. We're out. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Ghost toast, are you going to say anything? No. <laughs> <laughs>